Jesus Christ is the Lord of glory. God created all things by Jesus Christ. By him, all things consist. He is the center of the universe. All thoughts and all deeds revolve around him. In the moral arena, good thoughts and deeds are pro-Christ. And evil thoughts and deeds are simply antichrist. All truth is sourced in Christ, for he is the way, the truth, and the life. All lies, of course, are antichrist. Jesus Christ is the center of your molecular structure, whether you choose to believe it or not. He is the Lord of all. Have you made him the center of your life? If not, you are living a lie. There are 343 feature articles on God Said, Man Said that prove Jesus Christ and the holy word of God he delivered to us are the virtual truth. Every Thursday, God willing, a new feature is launched. Are you ready to make Jesus Christ the center of your life? Do you want answer to all of life's hard questions? Do you want all your sin and shame to be expunged? I have good news for you. Today is the day of your salvation. Click on to Further with Jesus for immediate entry into the kingdom of God. Now for today's subject. God said, Revelation chapter 16, verses 8 through 9, And the fourth angel poured out his vial upon the sun, and power was given unto him to scorch men with fire. And men were scorched with great heat, and blasphemed the name of God which hath power over these plagues, and they repented not to give him glory. God said, Revelation chapter 13, verses 4 through 8, And they worshipped the dragon which gave power unto the beast, and they worshipped the beast, saying, Who is like unto the beast? Who is able to make war with him? And there was given unto him a mouth speaking great things and blasphemies, and power was given unto him to continue forty and two months. And he opened his mouth in blasphemy against God to blaspheme his name and his tabernacle and them that dwell in heaven. And it was given unto him to make war with the saints and to overcome them. And power was given unto him over all kindreds and tongues and nations. And all that dwell upon the earth shall worship him, whose names are not written in the book of life of the lamb slain from the foundation of the world. Man said, these foolish doomsday prophets make me laugh. There is no end to this world and certainly no judgment day. Now the record. The 21 Signs of Doomsday series, along with its corollaries published on God Said Man Said, will be listed at the end of the feature for your review. The updates just keep pouring in. Jesus said, as it was in the days of Noah, so shall it be also in the days at his return. Take note, it's beginning to rain. When a global issue rises, there is very often a political, spiritual agenda. One of the largest global issues to arise in the past 50 years is the one called global warming, and a political, spiritual agenda is at foot. The debate rages whether global warming is occurring due to man's actions or occurring as a result of cyclical climate change, or whether there is really any warming at all. The Kyoto Protocol, spearheaded by the United Nations, was ratified by over 140 countries and has been in force since February 16th, 2005. The initial goal of Kyoto is to cut greenhouse gas emissions by 5.2% by 2012. But, the, according, excuse me, according to the BBC, the world's top polluter, the U.S., has not signed up to the treaty. Are we dealing with a cyclical issue? During the 1970s, the concern in the scientific community was one of global cooling, along with the warnings of a new ice age, etc. I can recall the tremendously cold weather in the Pittsburgh area. The thermometer dwelt below zero for what seemed like weeks on end. The windchill reached 30, 40, and 50 degrees below zero. School starts were postponed. Events were canceled. If one saw a broken-down car along the highway, stopping was the only humane thing to do. The cold was a killer. 
During the nation's terrible cold period, alternative heating systems such as kerosene heaters were being sold by the millions. There was widespread concern about power outages, which could mean freezing to death. The words in the 70s were global cooling. One particular Danish economist who believes in man-made global warming, but not in all the fear-mongering, is Bjorn Lomborg, author of the book Cool It, The Skeptical Environmentalist Guide to Global Warming. The book was reviewed in the September 2000 issue of Discover. The following excerpts are from Discover magazine. Note, the 35,000 deaths referred to Lomborg in the following were a result of a heat wave that swept through Europe in August 2003. While 35,000 dead is a terrifyingly large number, all deaths should, in principle, be treated with equal concern. Yet this is not happening. When 2,000 people died from heat in the United Kingdom, it produced a public outcry that is still heard. However, the BBC recently ran a very quiet story telling us that deaths caused by cold weather in England and Wales for the past years have hovered around 25,000 each winter casually, adding that the winters of 1998 through 2000 saw about 47,000 cold deaths each year. The story then goes on to discuss how the government should make the cost of winter fuel economically bearable and how the majority of deaths are caused by strokes and heart attacks. It is remarkable that a single heat death episode of 35,000 from many countries can get everyone up in arms, whereas cold deaths of 25,000 to 50,000 a year in just a single country, pass almost unnoticed. Of course, we want to help avoid another 2,000 dying from heat in the United Kingdom, but presumably, we also want to avoid many more dying from cold. For Europe as a whole, about 200,000 people die from excess heat each year. However, about 1.5 million Europeans die annually from excess cold. That is more than seven times the total number of heat deaths. Just in the past decade. Europe has lost about 15 million people to the cold, more than 400 times the iconic heat deaths from 2003. That we so easily neglect these deaths and so easily embrace those caused by global warming tells us of a breakdown in our sense of proportion. How will heat and cold deaths change over the coming century with global warming? Let us for the moment assume very unrealistically, that we will not adopt at all to the future heat. Still, the biggest cross-European cold-slash-heat study concludes that for an increase of 3.6 degrees Fahrenheit in the average European temperatures, our data suggests that any increase in mortality due to increased temperatures would be outweighed by much larger short-term declines in cold-related mortalities. For Britain, it is estimated a 3.6 degrees Fahrenheit increase will mean 2,000 more heat deaths, but 20,000 fewer cold deaths. Likewise, another paper incorporating all studies on this issue and applying them to a broad variety of settings in both developed and developing countries found that global warming may cause a decrease in mortality rates, especially of cardiovascular diseases. End of quote. The Discover reviewer continues to discuss research into 28 of America's biggest cities, Philadelphia in particular. The optimal temperature seems to be about 80 degrees Fahrenheit. In the 1960s, on days when it got significantly hotter than that, about 100 degrees Fahrenheit, the death rate increased sharply. Likewise, when the temperature dropped below freezing, death increased sharply. Yet something great happened in the decades following. Death rates in Philadelphia and around the country dropped in general 
because of better health care. But crucially, temperatures of 100 degrees Fahrenheit today cause almost no excess deaths. However, people still die more because of cold weather. One of the main reasons for the lower heat susceptibility is most likely increased access to air conditioning. Studies seem to indicate that over time and with significant resources, we can actually learn to adapt to higher temperatures. Consequently, we will experience fewer heat deaths even when temperatures rise. End of quote. In Primus, a publication of Hillsdale College clocks one and a quarter million readers each month. S. Fred Singer was featured in an August 2007 article titled Global Warming, Man-Made or Natural. The following excerpts are from that feature article. S. Fred Singer is a professor emeritus of environmental sciences at the University of Virginia, a distinguished research professor at George Mason University and president of the Science and Environmental Policy Project. He performed his undergraduate studies at Ohio State University and earned his Ph.D. in physics from Princeton University. He was the founding dean of the School of Environmental and Planetary Sciences at the University of Miami, the founding director of the U.S. National Weather Satellite Service, and served for five years as vice chairman of the U.S. National Advisory Committee on Oceans and Atmosphere. Dean si excuse me, Dr. Singer has written or edited over a dozen books and monographs, including, most recently, Unstoppable Global Warming Every 1,000 500 years. In the past few years, there has been increasing concern about global climate change on the part of the media, politicians, and the public. It has been stimulated by the idea that human activities may influence global climate adversely, and that therefore corrective actions is required on the part of the governments. Recent evidence, is, excuse me, recent evidence suggests that this concern is misplaced. Human activities are not influencing the global climate in a perceptible way. Climate will continue to change as it always has in the past, warming and cooling on different timescales and for different reasons regardless of human action. I would also argue that, should it occur, a modest warming would be on the whole beneficial. This is not to say that we don't face a serious problem, but the problem is political because of the mistaken idea that governments can and must do something about climate. Pressures are building that have the potential of distorting energy policies in a way that will severely damage national economies, decrease standards of living, and increase poverty. The misdirection of resources will adversely affect human health and welfare in industrial nations, and even more in developing countries. Thus, it could well lead to increased social tensions within nations and conflict between them. In identifying the burning of fossil fuels as the chief cause of warming today, many politicians and environmental activists simply appeal to a so-called scientific consensus. There are two things wrong with this. First, there is no such consensus. An increasing number of climate scientists are raising serious questions about the political rush to judgment on this issue. For example, the widely touted consensus of 2,500 scientists on the United States Intergovernmental Panel on Climate Change, IPCC, is an illusion. Most of the panelists have no scientific qualifications, and many of the others object to some part of the IPCC's report. The Associated Press reported recently that only 52 climate scientists contributed to the report's summary of policymakers. Likewise, only about a dozen members of the governing board voted on the consensus statement on climate change by the American Meteorological 
excuse me, on American Meteorological Society, AMS. Rank and file AMS scientists never had a say, which is why so many of them are now openly rebelling. Estimates of skepticism within the AMS regarding man-made global warming are well over 50%. What about the fact that carbon dioxide levels are increasing at the same time temperatures are rising? That's an interesting correlation, but as every scientist knows, Correlation is not causation. During much of the latest century, excuse me, during much of the last century, the climate was cooling while CO2 levels were rising. And what we should note, that the climate has not warmed in the past eight years, even though greenhouse gas levels have increased rapidly. For instance, theoretically, greenhouse warming in the tropics should register at increasingly high rates as one moves from the surface of the earth up into the atmosphere peaking at about six miles above the Earth's surface. At that point, the level should be greater than at the surface by about a factor of three, and quite pronounced, according to all the computer models. In reality, however, there is no increase at all. In fact, the data from the balloon-borne radiosons show the very opposite, a slight decrease in warming over the equator. The fact that the observed and predicted patterns of warming don't match indicates that the man-made greenhouse contribution to current temperature change is insignificant. This fact emerges from the data and graphs collected in the Climate Change Science Program Report 1.1, published by the federal government in April 2006. It is remarkable and puzzling that few have noticed this disparity between observed and predicted patterns of warming and drawn the obvious scientific conclusion. We asked the important question of whether there is an appreciable man-made warming today. We presented evidence that indicates there is not, thereby suggesting that attempts by governments to control greenhouse gas emissions are pointless and unwise. The irony is that a slightly warmer client with more carbon dioxide is in many ways beneficial rather than damaging. Economic studies have demonstrated that a modest warming and higher CO2 levels will increase GNP and raise standards of living, primarily by improving agriculture and forestry. It's a well-known fact that CO2 is plant food and essential to the growth of crops and trees, and ultimately to the well-being of animals and humans. The nations of the world face many difficult problems. Many have societal problems like poverty, disease, lack of sanitation, and shortage of clean water. There are grave security problems arising from global terrorism and proliferation of nuclear weapons. Any of these problems are vastly more important than the imaginary problems of man-made global warming. It is a great shame that so many of our resources are being diverted from real problems to this non-problem. Perhaps in 10 or 20 years, this will become apparent to everyone, particularly if the climate should stop warming, as it has for eight years now, or even begin to cool, end of quote. Why this huge global push, this political, spiritual agenda, has already created new phrases for the world's lexicon, such as emission trading, carbon offsets, etc. Dr. Singer continues, it is also worth noting that tens of thousands of interested persons benefit directly from the global warming scare at the expense of the ordinary consumer. Environmental organizations globally, such as Greenpeace, the Sierra Club, and the Environmental Defense Fund have raked in billions of dollars. 
multi-billion dollar government subsidies for useless mitigation schemes are large and growing. Emission trading programs will soon reach the $100 billion a year level, with large fees paid to brokers and those who operate the scams. In other words, many people have discovered they can benefit from climate scares and have formed an entrenched interest. End of quote. You've heard the call from the United Nations for a global tax with the wealthier countries carrying the brunt of the burden. This, of course, will add strength to the power of the world's president, he who rules over the nations of the earth from his headquarters at the United Nations building in New York City. This global power structure is a phenomenon that was created in the mid-1900s, and it easily creates the global mechanism that makes possible a very critical sign of doomsday found in Revelation chapter 13, verse 7. And it was given unto him to make war with the saints and to overcome them, and power was given to him over all kindreds and tongues and nations. This world presently has one world leader, and he is beginning to flex his muscles. There was, however, something that struck me about the title of Dr. Singer's book, or monograph, which reads, Unstoppable Global Warming Every 1,500 Years. His, reger, <clears throat> excuse me, his research shows a 1,500-year cycle of global cooling and heating since the beginning of the Earth just over 6,000 years ago. There has been four of these climate changes, and one is happening now. Revelation 15 speaks of seven angels having seven last plagues that are filled up with the wrath of God. The fourth plague is found in Revelation chapter 16, verse 8. And the fourth angel poured out his vial upon the sun, and power was given unto him to scorch men with fire. There is more than one way that God could accomplish this terrible scorching heat, but accelerated global warming could certainly be the vehicle. A final excerpt from Discover's Global Warming, The Great Lifesaver. The heat wave in Europe in early August 2003 was a catastrophe of heartbreaking proportions. With more than 3,500 dead in Paris alone, France suffered nearly 15,000 fatalities from the heat wave. Another 7,000 died in Germany, 8,000 in Spain and Italy, and 2,000 in the United Kingdom. The total death toll ran to more than 35,000. Understandably, this event has become a psychologically powerful metaphor for the frightening vision of warmer future and our immediate need to prevent it. End of quote. The signs of doomsday continue to pour in. A word of warning to the inhabitants of the world. Get ready for the heat. If you have yet to make your peace with God, click on to Further with Jesus while you still have time. God said, Revelation chapter 16, verses 8 through 9. And the fourth angel poured out his vial upon the sun, and power was given unto him to scorch men with fire. And men were scorched with great heat, and blasphemed the name of God, which hath power over these plagues, and they repented not to give him glory. God said, Revelation chapter 13, verses 4 through 8. And they worshiped the dragon which gave power unto the beast, and they worshiped the beast, saying, who is like unto the beast? Who is able to make war with him? And there was given unto him a mouth speaking great things and blasphemies. And power was given unto him to continue forty and two months. And he opened his mouth and blasphemed against God to blaspheme his name and his tabernacle and them that dwell in heaven. And it was given unto him to make war with the saints and to overcome them. And power was given unto him over all kindreds and tongues and nations. And all that dwell upon the earth shall worship him, whose names are not written in the book of life of the Lamb slain from the foundation of the world. 
Man said, these foolish doomsday prophets make me laugh. There is no end to this world and certainly no judgment day. Now you have the record.